Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Let's pride. Chiefs Nation, let's pride. No, no, come on. Okay. Can we... You're the one that made me change my profile picture to you and I having a sp- splendid time at training camp. That's right. And now you hate my rendition of Let's Ride. What would you think of the training camp mustache? Uh, I wish it would have stayed. And then yeah. you, like a coward, ran away from it. It was time. You got once, a lot of Jim Irsay vibes. Once the regular season hits, you got to say goodbye to the, the mustache at that point. But the regular season was still like three weeks away. You still had like the whole like Pete's getaway week where you get to just kind of yeah. do your own thing. And then he right. came back and like, well, I went and got my haircut, and this barber that I have, she said it's not a good look, so I took her word for it, and she shaved it off. You couldn't even shave your own damn mustache off. Uh, Pathetic. I don't know if I sound like that. A lot of, lot of barber talk on on 610 Sports Radio. Oh, today. yeah. The, well, I mean, he's not going to like the video that Carrington's going to send him. Oh, you're talking about Sean Barber now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Barber shop. Every week I do come in and mm-hmm. I look at this board of Sean Barber picks and every week they're atrocious losses. <laughs> you know who doesn't have who doesn't have bad picks? You and I. That's right. Uh, but that's not here nor there. This is Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson, later on Ron Cop Jr., uh, lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride will join us like he always does at 615. Pete, how's the week been for you? The the game, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you something after I, I get your introduction because mm. I was in Monday morning for Fesco and there was a, a little bit of mixed emotions, but how are you? How's the week going? How's everything been? The week is good. This was a, a bit of a, a weird game, I I thought on Sunday against the Titans. And it you know, you you look at the the run game for the Chiefs and Obviously, that feels like it's a little bit in shambles, but then you pull up the stat sheet, and they still gained 499 yards. And Patrick Mahomes threw it 68 times and somehow still had the most rushing yards he's ever had. So I don't know. Just a, a weird circumstance, a weird game on Sunday, and I think the Chiefs will be looking to put it a little bit more all together. I think, against the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars. I think that'll be the focus coming this week. So I guess I kind of have two questions following that Sunday game before we move on to the injury report. Then we get into basically the new week. Um, one is, do you think Mahomes knows? Like, you cover this guy enough. Like, I've only been around a couple times. Do you think he knows at at moment in those games that he's the best player on the football field? And then the other part of it was it seemed like a very sad win yeah. uh, for the fan base. A lot of people are like, well, we, you know, we just didn't do well against that quarterback who was clearly obviously not very talented, not a good quarterback, mm-hmm. which that's his second start. But there was a lot of somber feelings. And then going back to the first question of do you think Mahomes in those situations just like, yeah, nobody's touching me. Well, they lost this type of game against the Colts, and they almost blew it against the Titans. I think this was a different type of game and a a different type of showcase for Patrick in the Mm -hmm. sense that I think when he's really on and is proving that he's the best player in the league, which I think we all believe, a lot of it is like a full 60 minutes. You get a full 60 minutes of the Patrick Mahomes experience where – He's dominating a game. He's hitting all these different receivers. Typically, Travis Kelsey leads the way. Turn around. He's got three or four touchdowns. This was a, if I don't take this game by the horns and have these 
long scrambles starting in the mid the midfield on on third and long and then the scramble for 14 yards for a touchdown eventually the the scramble to get the two-point conversion I, I think he said to himself I need to take over this game because my offense isn't isn't with me in a sense today especially in in the run game and it just reminded me of an NBA game it's rare that you see a one player effort like we saw from Patrick Mahomes win the game. And look, I understand there were nice catches by Juju. I, I'm not lo- overlooking the Noah Gray catch because that was huge. But I think in the game's biggest moments, he just said, look, we are not going to lose today. And I just, I'll, I think I'll remember this game in particular for that. In the course of his career, it's going to be a, a game you end up forgetting about because there's just been other big moments. But it was unique in that sense. And I, I think, you know, when you think back to this, it just was like an NBA style takeover that I don't I don't know if anyone else other than off the top of my head like a Lamar Jackson could pull off, in my opinion. Hey Grant, let's get to the injury report. Little delay there. Yeah, it's all right. He just wrapped up in the parlay tonight. Right. Um, all right, so you're there. Practice is officially today. Some notable guys not on the practice fields there didn't practice. Who were they? Yeah, so Colin Saunders, who's really come into it, he was absent from the field, but the status came out as not injury-related, so excused absence. We're not really sure. We'll expect him back probably tomorrow or the next day. I don't think you have to worry about Colin Saunders. And then McCole Hardman. This is a little bit of a weird deal. Andy Reid came up and, and said, McCole Hardman's been having some issues with his abdomen for the past couple days here. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs held him back. Right now, if there's ever a position where, not that you want an injury, but you can afford an injury, it's in your seven wide receiver room. Yeah. That if someone's out for the week, you have six other receivers that can go. It's interesting because, and I, I saw people talking about this on Twitter right away when McCole was kind of mysteriously absent today is that Wally Pip factor. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony's in the building. This was my question to read today about how many snaps he's going to get. We saw him for nine snaps and basically was just confirming that it's fair to say he's going to get more and more. So what is that for next game? Maybe between 15 and 20 as he continues to learn the offense. And all of a sudden, if McColl can't play and Kadarius looks good, you never know what can happen in these situations. So I think for McColl's case, the sooner that he can get back in the mix, the better. Just a little bit of a, a weird deal with this abdomen because we didn't really hear anything necessarily about it after the game. So. Other side, Jacksonville, anything of concern? Anybody that pops up that they should be worried about? I know this team is still very young and very inexperienced. Rayshon, but still. Yeah, Rayshon Jenkins who takes a lot of snaps of safety for them. He's in the concussion protocol. He actually suffered the concussion as he was trying to tackle running back Josh Jacobs, who the Chiefs are pretty familiar with from this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, played him, you know, a couple of years now going. He had and, quite a bit of yards against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. He did a, he did a nice job. And then Evan Ingram was limited, but from watching some of his clips in Jacksonville today, I don't I don't think he's in line to miss the game. We'll see if Jenkins can get out of the concussion protocol. But all in all, not really a lot of significant injuries impacting this game as we took in the first practice today, and we'll continue to do so Thursday and Friday. We'll have your injury updates for the rest of the week and the final injury designations on Friday at arrowheadpride.com. All right, so let's kind of go back to that McCall Hardman situation because that that's kind of an interesting one because McCall yeah. Hardman, and I don't know if he's 
always hurt. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be somebody who will more than likely play through stuff. And an abdomen injury is kind of a red flag to me because I don't know how he would have hurt that other than like maybe stretching, maybe something weird happened because it didn't seem like he got hurt in the last game. And it also kind of feels, you mentioned Wally Pitt. Maybe some d- dancing in yeah, celebration you know, after the game. Cutting some rug, man. You never know. But the thing that's crazy is you mentioned Wally Pitt because yeah. we talked all last week. How many games or how many snaps is Kadarius Tony going to play? First play of the game, pff, right to him. If McColl doesn't play yeah. and is ruled out, now it's Wednesday, we have a lot, we have two more full days of practice. Does Tony get that role or does Sky Moore get those snaps? Well, and I, I think this is really interesting because I, you know, now that Jody Fortson is back in the mix, we should mention that yeah. Jody Fortson returned to practice, so he should be fine. And and so since now he's back in the mix, you're not going to end up keeping seven receivers, I think, on the roster for the whole year. Right. But I think maybe they do it this week if McColl can't go, and then you you know you you kick that problem to the the next week, um, and that's a good problem, right? Because you have a lot of talented receivers, but the. The deal is you're not going to have seven receivers on the team, and you wonder if it's Moore. You wonder if it's Watson. You can't really risk a, a lot of these players, go, you know, getting sent down to the practice squad. So I'm very intrigued as to to what they end up end up doing here. I'm not really sure which which direction you go in because obviously, if you're trading for Tony, he's going to be on the roster. So some so one of these guys who who have been contributing for the entire year, you wonder what happens to to their role as we go. Pete Sweeney, Chief Editor of Arrowhead Pride. Dusty likes us to do as well. When we come back, we get your uh, lead analyst, Ron Kopp Jr. He'll join us here on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. We'll be right back with Ron Kopp Jr. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson with you. Uh, newly followed by Arrowhead Pride. I'm, I'm very honored. Um, even though Ron Kopp, their lead analyst, had been following for a while. Anyways, we're not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> but we will uh, get into Ron if you want to hit it on your phone. Mine is broken. We go through this every it never, week. It, I don't know why you're not used to it. Welcome to the show, Ron. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm getting used to the, the Pete intro, the Pete bringing me in. So, yeah, no, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, any anytime. It's always been my idea to have you on. Uh, Pete just okayed it. But, uh, yeah, so. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure boss had a little influence in that. But, I mean, maybe thank I'm you. giving him too much I mean, credit. Thank, I don't know. Maybe thank, I'm giving the. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God Ron understands how this operates. <laughs> no, I know works, Pete's got or, my back. Pete, Pete's yeah. got, boss man's got my back. That's I know right. that. Yeah, even sure. though he looks like Mike McDaniels. Um, but, Ron, so. Pins up. Yep, that's right. Uh, this weekend is, uh, a game in which it's versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne. Other than that, Christian Kirk, I guess you could say is also a possible factor, but there will be people that say that this is a quote unquote trap game. Uh, what say you Ron cop when it comes to the definition of a trap game? Well, the the definition of trap game is usually looking ahead, right? You're looking ahead to a, a bigger game on the schedule and, you know, the Chargers, yes, they are an AFC West team, and it's a Sunday night game now, so there is, that is a big game. But the Jaguars, I think, is, is absolutely a big game. The record may not show it, but I think the Doug Peterson factor makes this a, a big game for a lot of people in, in Kansas City. I know 
it's not a lot of players that have that were here, you know, when Doug Peterson was still the offensive coordinator. It's, it's been a while now. Like Mahomes, you know, I was actually kind of surprised me that, yeah, oh, yeah, Mahomes doesn't know Doug Peterson as a, as a coach. Uh, you know, it has been that long. But, you know, a guy like Andy Reid, just the coaching staff themselves, you know, I think I think they they know it's a big game. So I, I, I don't think it's a trap game. I also think the Jaguars are just better than, than a team you, you'd – you know, consider for a trap game like the Colts. The Colts game earlier this year, like that's that's absolutely a trap game because we're now seeing that the Colts are are a pretty terribly run, uh, you know, franchise and a bad team. Um, you know, I, I think the Jaguars are a much better team than their record. They they should have a better record. They're they're one of the, the you know the better teams in the AFC that doesn't have a winning record. So I think they're. I, I don't think this is a trap game. I think I think Andy Reid's going to get the team ready because it's Doug Peterson and and Bob yeah. Sutton on the other side, as he mentioned today. I mean, there's some familiar faces on the other side. Oh man, all of Kansas City just shuddered hearing those faithful <laughs> words, Bob and Sutton. Okay, Ron, talking with Ron Cop, our lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Arrowhead Pride Radio. You dropped your film review for this week, this morning, Ron, and it involved you watching all 68 of Patrick Mahomes' passes, all six of his runs for 63 yards. What did you take away from now the MVP leader in this game against the Titans? Well, that's, that was my main takeaway is that he earned that right. He earned those, those odds to go up uh, to get better for him. You know, Nate Christensen, a writer of ours, did a really good job breaking down how Tennessee uh, defended Patrick Mahomes and how and I was very impressed. One of the things I came away with from the game, yeah. how impressed the Titans defense played. I mean, just suffocating pass patterns, making it so hard on Mahomes to understand what's happening. Cause you know, they're just doing a lot of mixing coverages, you know, moving safeties after the snap, you know, looking like they're in one coverage being in the next, but also just being physical, challenging the receivers, double teaming Kelsey, you know, at points and just being physical with him. So they did a very good job at that. And that's where it's just insane that Patrick Mahomes ends up with over 500 total yards as an individual player and, and leads to a win still. And that's where it's just, this is what an MVP does. This is an MVP performance. You're used to them being the 40-point the, the games and, and the big blowouts. But what Mahomes did, not having any sort of run game, Tennessee completely erased it. I already mentioned the physical coverage. He had to just be patient, you know, take those sacks sometimes, take the stalled drives knowing that, look, you know, I just I, – I can't force a bad bad play. I can't give into it. And on these 78 dropbacks, I can't give into it and, and give them a, a, a chance at an interception or a bad play. He just continued to be patient, continued to get, take what give him, and it just he continued chipping away until it turned into a, a game-winning touchdown at the end. And then, obviously, he just over his dead body in, the, in overtime. You know, those two plays – first of all, you know, the Noah Gray play is a great play, but – the, the, the catch Kelsey had, a great catch, by the way, but Mahomes' ability to shrug off pressure, step up in the pocket, and sling that thing on third down. I mean, it, it wasn't over my dead body performance at the end of the game, but the most impressive thing to me overall was just how patient he was, just not letting Tennessee, not giving into what Tennessee wanted him to do, was just baiting him into forcing something, right? He never did. He stayed patient. And it ended up with a, with a win, and that's why he's the MVP right now. Talking with lead analyst Ron Kopp of Arrowhead Pride. Ron, we got through the good news, which was clearly the performance of Patrick Mahomes. Let's go to some bad news, which is this Chiefs running game right now, which feels non-existent. Let's put your doctor's hat on right now, Dr. Kopp Jr. Diagnose what's going on with this Chiefs run game. Yeah, I, this team is just such a spread offense, and, and the run game is going to have to follow the fact that that's the case. And so we're going to see, you know, we, we call for more under center runs and all that, but you know, the, the team has to run out of shotgun. This team has to, has to, 
you know, get the most yardage out of those plays, you know, not make them two yards. They got to be five, six yards on these zone plays, their staple plays. And that's where it just more and more, you know, become starting to fit or feels like the running back room just really needs to, to step up. And, and that's why I think you're seeing such a rotation of backs. We've seen this team lean on one guy plenty of times in the past. And I know it's early in the season, so we could evolve to that, but I th- I just feel like they're not getting one of these, one of these running backs to really truly take the reins and, 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 and own that position. And, and that's why you're seeing such a rotation and, and it's because none of them are establishing themselves. And so, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, could they call, could there be better run calls at times? Could the offensive line themselves play better? Cause that's one thing I, I do think Trey Smith uh, particularly had a, had a pretty poor performance. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, when you're, when you're best, you know, your best run blocker has a bad game, that's going to, it's not going to lead to a good run mm-hmm. run performance, but to me, it all, I, I really do feel like it all comes down to the running backs performing. I think if we get good play from the running backs, I think you'll see this run game take off a little more because yeah. I think there are times where they're just not maximizing what the offensive line is giving them. Ron, you're a busy guy, but I have one more question for you. We mentioned it last uh, segment with the injury report. If McCole Hardman can't go, and I know we're being probably a little premature on this with the abdomen is- issue, but if he can't go, who's uh, who do you like more in that situational play calling with like the jet sweeps and the bubble screens when it comes to Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. So I do think specifically on jets, on, on jet sweeps, I, I do think Sky Moore would be the guy, but on, on pretty much anything else they, they get McCole Hardman to do. I think, and, and it just depends on how comfortable they are with him in the playbook and stuff, but they got him involved right away last week. The mm-hmm. the one, you know, big catch he had, Kadarius Tony I'm, I'm talking about, the one big catch he did have, he, you know, it was a really nice option route, and, and he really, you know, ran the, the route well. Mahomes had a good rhythm and timing with it. I don't see why it, why it can't be Tony. Uh, I I just feel like they like what they have in him right now, and they really want to use him. I think I think you're start you can tell, and I just feel like if if they thought Sky could could step up and be that, part of me just thinks they wouldn't have ever made that move, and they would have just said, hey, look, we got this rookie, and we can develop him on the fly and, and put him in these situations, and so that's why Tony's here, maybe so. I, I think it's, I, I think they give Tony a chance. I think that's why they, they got him the ball uh, early in the game last week. It's time to make your boss proud. Let people know what we can do the rest of the week to look at Arrowhead Prize, especially your work and what's coming up next few days for the Chiefs versus the Jags. Yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, I, I think it is a big game, so I'll have opponents scout out. I'll be, I'll be digging into that. That should come out tomorrow. And then look up for five things to watch as well. We, we pre, I preview the game every week looking at five particular things about the game. And then just check out our live coverage on Sunday. We'll be breaking it all down as it happens. It's Ron Kopp of Arrowhead Pride. Ron, have a good rest of your week. And, uh, you know, just just keep making your boss proud. Because every time you come on here, he smiles, looks at me, and says, this is the kind of guy I like to work with. Oh, wow. Look at, look at that, boss, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to the platform. So have a good night, fellas. Hey, you too, man. Take care. Ron Kopp Jr., lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride. Wait, you're, better, you're buttering him up? He's a good dude. Okay. There's not enough things in this world today that we aren't getting enough gratitude for. There's so much anger and animosity. Let people be known that they do a good job. This is Thanksgiving month. Mm-hmm. So it's time to give thanks. You got to really, really focus in on what you're thankful for. Yes. Yeah. November, no shave November. You told me before we got on the air, you said it's no post November. Mm-hmm. Yep. No post November. No, no stories. No nothing. Let him be envious. I wonder if all your followers are like, what? What is Dusty doing? What's yeah. what is he doing right now? The Seventeen people that follow me. There's no story. There's they know what I'm is doing. Is he okay? Oh, I'm definitely fine. All right. uh, that's Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson with you as well. We come back. Uh, it's Jacksonville. We got to move on. Tennessee's over, and also number four 
and sexiest coaches in the NFL. It, it seems fishy. We do all that next on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Rock and roll Pete. You know, Bruce Springsteen has a great song called Outlaw Pete. Fantastic. Came out on one of his newest albums in the last 10 years. Dancing in the Dark. Yep. Yep. That's not a that's not a very uh, upbeat boss. song. I know the music is, but it's a, actually a very depressing song. It's about a man who's lonely. Hmm. Neither one of us do that. No, because we got each other here. Mm-hmm. Our, that's right. Our head pride radio. That's, what, that's called chemistry. Yep. You just set them up, and I'll knock them out, or I'll set them up, and you knock them out. Just realized you're wearing an orange Cassidy shirt right now. That's right. Freshly squeezed. If there's anybody that I could be, it'd be Orange Cassidy. <laughs> That's your choice, huh? Yeah. In the whole world or just? In that federation. I see. Yeah. AEW, for those of you that don't understand the reference. Yeah, you're looking at PJF if I had to. I could see you trying to take that persona. Yeah. It'd be great. I'm better than you, and you know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson with you. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on a Wednesday night. Uh... All right. So, Ron, we just had uh, on the show, Ron Cop Jr., not Ron the show, uh, but also a member of Arrowhead Pride. Uh, Ron Cop Jr., we asked, is this a trap game type of theory with the Jacksonville Jaguars? His response was this. The definition of trap game is usually looking ahead, right? You're looking ahead to a bigger game on the schedule. And, you know, the Chargers, yes, they are an AFC West team, and it's a Sunday night game now. So, there is that is a big game, but. The Jaguars, I think, is, is absolutely a big game. The record may not show it, but I think the Doug Peterson factor makes this a, a big game for a lot of people in, in Kansas City. I know it's not a lot of players that have that were here, you know, when Doug Peterson was still the offensive coordinator. It's, it's been a while now. Like Mahomes, you know, I was actually kind of surprised me that, yeah, oh, yeah, Mahomes doesn't know Doug Peterson as a, as a coach. Uh, you know, it has been that long. But, you know, a guy like Andy Reid, just the coaching staff themselves, you know, I think I think they they know it's a big game. So I I don't think it's a trap game. I also think the Jaguars are just better than than a team you 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 know consider for a trap game. Like the Colts the Colts game earlier this year. Like that's that's absolutely a trap game because we're now seeing that the Colts are are a pretty terribly run uh, you know franchise and a bad team. Um, you know I, I think the Jaguars are a much better team than their record. They they should have a better record. They're they're one of the. The, you know the better teams in the AFC that doesn't have a winning record. So I think they're. I don't think this is a trap game. I think I think Andy Reid's going to get the team ready because it's Doug Peterson and and Bob yeah. Sutton on the other side as you mentioned today. I mean there's some familiar faces on the other side. Bob Sutton and Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah. So you know that Jacksonville's not yeah. going to adjust in the second half no. uh, at all. Actually, they're not going to adjust at all. What say you, Pete? Like this is this is something you you take prideful in is watching this team in every yeah. single week and how they perform. Is this? Is this one of those games where you can use that theory or do they not have enough star power to, to well, force it into that? Yeah, the Chiefs are, are in a weird place in the trajectory of the franchise now because we are entering, Dusty, the ninth game of the year without looking. Do you know how many noon games they've had? One. One other noon game. So I think it's less a trap game and more it's a little different than they're used to. They're actually used to being one of the highlighted games of the week, be it primetime or being in that that late slate, and they're finally back at that noon slate. This is actually the first noon game they'll have if you consider that Indianapolis is in the East Coast. That was technically like a 1 o'clock game. So you're in the early slate. 
you're clearly better than this team. It's a nine and a half point spread. And it's it's going to be a different feel, and and I know, you know talking to a lot of fans, like they're excited for a noon game at Arrowhead. It used to be the other way. It's like mm. when when are they going to put Alex Smith on prime time? Mm-hmm. Will they ever do yeah. it? No, will they ever do it? And now it's just so much late game and prime time window that you don't really get a, a lot of games like this. But I think Ron's right. I think there's a little bit of the the coaching energy, and I think there's a little bit of the Chiefs challenging themselves, where they didn't look great last week. I understand that they put 499 yards up, but it wasn't the type of game where you're clearly better than the other team. It's Patrick Mahomes versus a rookie in his second start. You should be dominating. And so before you get to the Chargers, in a way, I think more than a trap game for me, this is a look. We're better than this team. Let's get right before this game that matters a lot more. Yes, I think the division is over, but if there's going to be any team in it that challenges the Chiefs, if they can get something going, it's the L.A. Chargers, so that game is huge. Yeah. The other thing that's interesting about this is this will probably be the coldest game of the year in the NFL, right? Like, it's going to be 39, 40 degrees on Sunday, and it's been pretty solid weather around the entire league. Now, I don't know if it's been below 40 on the East Coast yet or in the Upper East Coast in Buffalo or in you got to layer up for this one. This is going to be a cold one in Jacksonville, a warm climate team like that kind of maybe debunks the whole here we are at noon. But this it's going to be cold. I know you're going to be cooking something up on that grill. Chilly. And because it's no post November, mm-hmm. you're going to have to text me because I'm right. going to be I'm going to be wondering what, yeah. what's on there. No, it, it'll be chilly. The Chiefs actually play pretty well when it's cold weather at their stadium, which is, you know, I think a, a, a thing that is really magnified when Derek Carr comes to Kansas City. Like he doesn't really like playing in the cold, whereas I think the Chiefs sort of use that to, to their advantage. And so, look, if it's going to be colder than usual, mm-hmm. how about a team from Florida? Right, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Coming in. So that's, to me, a, a, a natural advantage. And, I mean, they're just they're just a better team. Now, I don't think the Chiefs should overlook the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if you really go back to what Patrick Mahomes said today, he was highlighting the fact that, like, if you really watch the tape, and a few, a few of these guys said it in the locker room and talking to them today, despite their record, they're, they're a pretty – Good team, and they're led by Josh Allen, not the quarterback, of course. We're mm. talking about the the linebacker, the edge rusher. They have another player who is a really good stopper in Devin Lloyd. Their run defense is good, so we're talking about how the run defense needs to improve. It's another tough front when it comes to that. And then you go on the other side of the ball, ETN is coming into his own. I think Trevor Lawrence slowly but surely, too slow really to be, a, to yeah. be as high pick as he was, um, slowly but surely is getting better. Christian Kirk is having a breakout year in a sense they got, they have some pieces where they can make this game interesting. It's just, you look at the record and that disparity and you're like, okay, the the Chiefs should have this game. And you know what? You weren't able to show that you were the dominant, better team last week. Do it this week and you know, prove that to everyone that, that you can be this team. And that's a noon game. So you're out by three o'clock and then all of a sudden what you're, you're seven and two. So that's what everybody wants. So I don't know if this is or how serious this is, but it seems egregious. What? Andy Reid being the fourth mm. most attractive head coach. Do you think it's too high or too low? No, I just want to tell you a couple names that I think might be a little bit off-put by this. Oh. Andy Reid is at four. Okay. Kyle Shanahan is at eight. Mm. Okay. Um, well, I mean, he he has his hat really far down, so sometimes it's- He does dress like he's a 17-year-old skater or is afraid of showing that he's balding. I mean, he, you know, he might be a good-looking guy. What I'm saying is he covers half his head with that hat. Do you think that Sean McVay deserves to be at 12th? Below Andy Reid by 8? Yeah. Well, 
he did have that that moment during Hard Knocks where he was playing basketball with the the dog in the pool and mm-hmm. everything. And I think theory would have told you that that should have propelled him maybe a little bit higher than he is. This tells me one of two things. Yeah. Either humor is very key mm-hmm. to a head coach. Right. Or somebody's trying to make the prom king the nerd. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. Can you read the top 10 really quickly? Okay. Cliff Kingsbury. Is that 10? He's, oh, top 10. Okay, top 10. You want top 10. Nathaniel Hackett. Or yeah. I'm sorry, Sean McDermott is number 10. You're having a lot of trouble with this. Well, that's on the spreadsheet you gave me. It's very confusing. Okay. You have like one over here and then one over here. Um, so Sean McDermott, number 10. Okay. Number nine is Nathaniel Hackett. Number eight is Dennis Allen, head coach of the New Orleans Saints, for those of you that don't remember. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, number seven. Arthur Smith of the Falcons <laughs> is sixth. Uh, Frank Reich is five. Well, what a rough week for Frank. Well, like, yeah. you get fired, your boss slash girlfriend is cheating behind your back and texting people yet telling you it's fine mm. and that you're not going anywhere, and then they break up with you then to find out that you're considered less attractive than Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid, number four, Lovey Smith. It must be the beard. You do wonder where Jeff Saturday would have landed. Uh, on this list. Eh. Who? I mean, Irsay would have had him at one, and then would, the list would have stopped. Yes. Uh, Brian Dayball, number two. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Women go crazy about a, a bald head man, I guess. And there's, then, there's and then a, Cliff Kingsbury, number one. I did notice that in that top ten, there's quite a few bald men. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid. Bald is beautiful. Yep. Andy Reid, Lovey Smith, Brian Dayball. Um, but I mean, like. Very interesting. Maybe it was the State Farm commercial that got that got Andy Reid over the hump. Well, I think the thing that, you know, you're talking about Andy Reid's physical appearance, the thing that sticks, sticks out is, is the stash. Yeah. And I, I think he's just been solid and consistent with that stash over time. He's watched it go from stylish to out of style. Now it's back in style. Does any coach in the NFL other than Andy Reid have a mustache? Unwavering mustache. Thomas Sula? Okay. He's not a coach anymore, but... Yeah, exactly. There's Lovey Smith has the beard. Frank Reich is out. Um, Dennis Allen, he doesn't have a beard. Nathaniel Hackett, he has a beard, I think. McDermott, he's interesting, also bald. Um, Robert Sala, very attractive, very smooth, caramel skin. <laughs> you are you attracted to Robert? Yeah. Yes, yes, you are. Yes, I would. Great, I would play for that guy. Great defense. Too. I don't understand Elijah Moore's deal. Um, like if it was if it was Robert Sala and Zach Wilson, yes, yes. Um, Mike Tomlin, I think he has the Jimmy Buffett pencil thin mustache. I think he's got a beard going. Right. On. Okay. Doug Peterson, nothing. Right. Kevin Stefanski, beard. Um, Todd Bowles, no mustache. Mike McCarthy, can't grow facial hair. Mm. Uh, Nick Sirianni, nothing. Pete Carroll, chewing gum. John Harbaugh, bear. <laughs> uh, Is chewing gum facial hair now? It can be if it gets spit all around and the way That's he right. chews it. I'm sure there's a ring of saliva Very somewhere. Very aggressive chewing. Very. Uh, like he's on Adderall. I think he's trying to stay awake. Dan Campbell, Bill Belichick, Steve Wilkes, Mike McDaniel. Dan Campbell's got a little bit of a goat. Does he? Zach Taylor, Ron Rivera, and Kevin O'Connell. Andy Reid's the only guy with a, just a plain stash. And it. So he gets points. It's a, and he's funny. It's a thick. It's a thick stash. It I mean, looks it's like not, a witch's brew. It's not a. Th- it it <laughs> like, does. It is not a thin mustache. And you know what? It 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 completes his face. And so maybe that's why he's top four. Would there ever be a moment where you could probably make a bet with Andy Reid where he'd shave his mustache? Me and him. Yeah. Highly doubtful. That'd be awesome if that would be it. Like if you win, if you win a Super Bowl, you have you have to shave your. Like how long do you think he's had his mustache on that face? I don't think that I could do it, but Since I the Philly years. Yes, I don't think I could do it, but I bet you there's a scenario in which Pat could walk in his office and say, "Andy, 
I'll cut my hair if you if we do this. If, if I win the MVP, if I win the AP NFL MVP, which he's now the favorite to do, yes. you have to shave this thing for week one of next year's NFL season. Yeah, and everyone has to you know be weirded out by that. And then you know Andy could say, okay, listen, if you don't win the MVP, you have to shave your head. <laughs> yeah, shave the locks, the, yeah. the Mahomes locks. And look, it is. That has become a a hairstyle that you see kids in Kansas City. A lot of kids that they have it. So his hair is well known. Um, I believe Garrick Dieter had the haircut first. But Patrick Mahomes has okay. made it famous. Ah, uh, you're just you an know ass for that. Um, just saying. Ooh. But I think that that would be possible for Patrick to pull off. I personally don't think that that's in the cards for me okay. and Andy at this stage. That's an interesting bet. We should get that out on Twitter to see if they'd respond to something like that. I know Andy Reid doesn't, but that'd be funny if if, if it could be insinuated. Um. Arrowhead Pride Radio Show, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson produces this bad boy. We asked the question, what do you have questions for this week? At Arrowhead Pride on Twitter. We get to that next here on 610 Sports Radio. Very attractive. Very smooth, caramel skin. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. That is actually Pete Sweeney in his garage at 16 on the guitar. Your mic being on might help. Oh, no. I don't know if anyone wanted it. You played it cool, though. I don't know if anyone wanted to hear that. (coughs) Well... It is uh, the end of the show, which is where we give it to the people, right? The witching hour. Is it the witching hour? It is. The witching hour of Arrowhead Pride. So, Pete. Yes. uh, Always at practice, always at the media days for everything Chiefs related. Um, From Patrick Mahomes' own Hmm. on Twitter. uh, How significant do you think McCall Hartman's injury is? It's a good question. I think. Thank you. Yeah, it's a good question, Fesco. I think that <laughs> I think that because it's been going on for this, these past couple of days, I, I think it's something that's worth monitoring. I think now that the Chiefs have seven wide receivers on the active roster, if anyone is remotely injured, you can kind of be a little bit more cautious. And so, I don't know. I think if I had to guess right now, it, it kind of sounds like they may rest him this week, and we'll see what that means for everybody else. Now, I could be completely wrong about this, so. Mm-hmm. Keep up with our injury report updates at Arrowhead Pride, but I, I don't know. I just get the sense that something is a little fishy here with Andy Reid just coming out and saying he's not going to practice today. It's been ongoing for a couple of weeks. And we're trying to figure out what it is. So we'll see. But right now, I would guess that he maybe has to sit for a game. This is from Walmart Leo DiCaprio. Ooh. Take it for what it is. Uh, why can't we get McKinnon out of those short yardage runs and just let Pacheco run them? Right. I think that Isaiah Pacheco needs to, if if you're going to lean into Pacheco, you got to give him a good amount of carries. And I just don't know how that could happen in a three-headed monster. I talked a little bit about this with c a little bit earlier, and I just think you need to pick one of these guys and McKinnon. I think there's enough carries and enough touches to go around, even in this offense, for two running backs, but you're when you're working in three, I just I don't know how any of these guys can can get into a rhythm. I look at Pacheco's numbers, and if you really pull them up, you 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 wonder out loud like, what if we had him run the ball 15 times? What would that yardage look like? 
I tend to think it would be at least in the the 70 to 100 range. Like I think he would at least be in that, that 70 yard range, which is where you want to be for, I think Patrick Mahomes and the the passing offense to, to really get going. And so less about McKinnon or CEH or Pacheco. And I'm not even picking here. I think you got to either roll with Pacheco or roll with CEH as your early down back. And then, you know, have McKinnon be your spell guy who can pass protect. So Pacheco on 44 attempts has 197 yards, 4.5 average, one touchdown, and he's averaging 24.6 yards a game. That's what I mean. And he's the only player that's fumbled on the Chiefs roster. Two times, nobody else has fumbled. Sure, once. and that's fine. I mean, he's a rookie. We right. saw Kareem Hunt fumble. And, we and then we never saw it again. Exactly. So that's going to happen. I mean, I, I, and I'm, I'm not, I don't think you need to be worried about that. But I just, like I said, I mean, what if you give him 15 carries in one game? What, what does that stat line look like? I don't think we really know that yet. And when you make that move, you do wonder it. One other thing I said about that, this, and then we can move on to the next question mm. is, I just don't think he should be the kick returner. If, right. he, if he's going to start as the running back and say he has a good kick return to start the game, then you're taking him out already. I think let him focus on being the, the team's number one back. Let him lock in. Let him get this patience right that, you know, the Chiefs have said a number of times. So, I don't know. I'm I'm in. I'm in. I, I think I'd, I'd like to see Pacheco do it, but I'm more in the camp of pick one and let mm-hmm. McKinnon be the second guy, and then the other guy's there for depth and injury. Okay. This is from Tony Bolonovic. So this guy is actually, you pronounce it Tony Bolonovic. Oh, okay. That's the name on Twitter. Uh, it says, has the play of the... Is that in- Italian? I could be. I'd just be like the weirdest looking Italian person ever. I have a red beard and like my skin's the color of like a Elmer's glue bottle. You're not Italian? No. Okay. Skulls. Uh, so has the play of the interior line taken a step back this year or does it just seem that way because the tackles have struggled so badly? Yes. From <laughs> you Bolonovich. Know, you know what? Yes. I, I think a little bit of both. We just heard Ron Cobb. You okay there? <clears throat> a little bit of both. We just heard Ron Cobb essentially say, you know, he's he's dived into the film and Trey Smith could have been better last game. Thought it was, you know, one of the weaker performances, which is unlike Trey Smith. Yeah. And I, I think the the interior, which has been your strength, is being hampered by the fact that the tackles are just not as good as the interior. And, you know, the one thing that offensive linemen will always tell you is you're basically as good as your your weakest link. So I don't I don't think that is necessarily helping. But if you really watch from the end zone angle of these runs, it's not like these running backs have a ton of room to work with. And yeah. so I think it's it's not just a problem with the backs. It's not just a problem with the strategy. It's not just a problem with the offensive line. It's just in this run game operation, I think everyone really shares a piece. And the Chiefs have really said that themselves. And so it just needs to be better all around. And I, I think as one piece starts to play better, you'll start to see that trickle-down effect in a way. Those are the Arrowhead Pride mailbag questions. I guess I forgot to play that um, but uh, we're, yeah. we're really we're really killing it on this. Really show struggling tonight, man. Halfway through the year, it's okay. not time to mail it in. We have a lot of games left. We just mailed it in with all the questions from the mailbag. Did you know? Yes. That the halfway point of the season is at halftime on Sunday. Is it really? Yeah, seventeen games now. Okay. Halfway through the ninth game. Did you know that race car spelled backwards is race car? Hmm. Now we both know something we didn't know before we came into this room. Well, you know what else I don't know. About you right now is what's going forward with Pete Sweeney on Arrowhead Pride the rest of this week. Yeah, I mean, same same as usual. We'll we'll keep you updated. We had a lot of interviews today, so we're turning around those articles in tonight and the overnight. So we'll keep you updated on what came out of the Chiefs locker room today. You know that one of our writers, great writers Rocky Magana, is working on a piece about Doug Peterson and and his thoughts about coming back to Arrowhead now that he's changed with two teams and won the Super Bowl and so on and so forth, and how Peterson factors into 
what the Chiefs might do this week. We'll keep you updated with the injury reports. We'll be monitoring McCole Hardman the rest of the week. We know he's such a key player for these Chiefs, especially coming off of two of the best games of his career. So you wouldn't want to, if there was ever a time not to get hurt, it's, it's right now. So we'll keep you updated on that. And yeah, keep carrying on at arrowheadpride.com. Get ready for Chiefs and Jags noon at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, Dustin. I like that. Yeah, like the double name. Also, uh, on ESPN, they call it the G. Do they really? Susie Colbert said that, yeah. At the G? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot to go with that. Cringe. But I'm gonna, I'm it's gonna, a little cringe, but you know what? I feel like this is a PG-ish uh, oh, wow. downloaded show, so I don't want to go too far. Yeah, I mean, the FCC does not need to be in your mentions. Robert Sala was already enough for me with the caramel skin and the good started. Yeah, I mean, I you know, the, the listener can't I, see this, but you started sweating when you started talking about Robert. Very well, attractive. I, <laughs> I just I give I give credit where credit's due. He is, uh, yeah. You know, you you like Robert. That's all right. Yeah, I play good. for him. That's good. Um, uh, real quick, is Doug Peterson the best coach of the Andy Reid tree? Like, is he have the best, like coaching? No. Like, okay. <clears throat> Probably John Harbaugh. Both with rings. That's fair. He just has not left his his stoop his stoop. In, so it's in Harbaugh, point. then it's Peterson. It's easy, it's easy to lose a job in the NFL. Well, well, yeah, just ask Dougie P. You got to go to the Super Bowl rings first, right? So I guess it's those two. I'm, I, I've been, and he won it with Nick Foles. I've been really impressed with the program McDermott has built. I mean, he has turned Buffalo into a laugher and to an elite contender to rival the Chiefs. So I, I like McDermott, but you can't put him with those other guys until he wins a ring. It just seems like the Andy Reid coaching tree is the most vibrant, flowing, successful off-branch tree of any other head coach that's been in the last few years. Like, the Belichick tree is very, very by itself. Right. It's like Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Right. We'll get into that. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, chief editor of Arrowhead Pride. I am Dusty Likens. Thanks to Grant Nicholson doing all the great work tonight uh, as the producer of this show. Thanks to Ron Kopp, Jr., lead analyst. Pete, um, I don't know what you're doing the rest of the evening, but I hope you have a good time. Hope you take it easy. And you got a big birthday coming up, right? Tomorrow. Hey, Pete Sweeney. Turning 27 tomorrow. That's right, again. That look at age over 16. That's, that's good. This beard says otherwise. Well, no shade November. Coming up next, it's uh, After Hours with your uh, with your host, Dusty Likens, myself. So from Arrowhead Pride Radio to After Hours here on 610 Sports Radio, Peace Wing, thank you very much. We'll do it again next week.